Canadian Aquatic Auctions is your place for that aquatic enthusiast in your family this holiday season. With Christmas fast approaching, now is the time to look for that great gift for that special someone who lives the aquatic lifestyle. With years of experience, owner-operator Nelson Fletcher can help you achieve your aquatic needs and goals and help you find that special gift for that aquatic enthusiast you love. You can also converse with other aquatic hobbyists and enthusiasts by logging on to www.aquariumauctions.ca and joining the TAC room where you can ask any questions. Visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today at their website at www.aquariumauctions.ca or their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together we can build lasting relationships based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Christmas is not far away. Come catch Santa on his sleigh. Time is precious. Seize the day at Ski's Watch and Clock. Ski's been in business for 20 years. He knows his stuff, so have no fears. He knows about all those tiny gears inside every clock. When you come to Ski's Watch and Clock, his variety is huge. From wristwatches, pocket watches, stopwatches, desk clocks, mantel clocks, grandfather clocks, new and previously owned reconditioned pieces. Right now, with Christmas so close, we will only accept light repairs till after Christmas. The elves are busy enough as it is filling Santa's sleigh. Don't let the Grinch stop you from filling the stockings or putting things under the tree this year. If you're worried about getting someone a gift, you can put items on layaway with just a small deposit. Thanks to Ski, you can send that stupid Grinch to his bedroom with no dinner or TV and no computer or PlayStation. By now, you must be wondering... Where Ski's Watch and Clock is. It's located in beautiful downtown Winter Haven at 106 West Central Avenue, Florida, just across from the main post office. Call 863-294-5630. Again, that number is 863-294-5630. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped Every relationship we've cultivated belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it together. This is our time. 
Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Memories can last a lifetime, especially when it comes to the holidays, especially when it involves taking pictures. If you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can count on to make those memories last longer than the holidays. That place is Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers can help you with making your Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, or whatever holiday you celebrate the best ever by taking single shots, family portraits, couple portraits, pet photos, and more. She can also capture the finest winter scenery you can imagine. Those photos are available all across the country and around the world at a price that will not empty your wallet for last-minute Christmas shopping. Don't wait until the last minute to get your pictures done for the holidays. Call Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography at 541-951-2443 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work can be found there. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year from all your friends at Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Carter, the machine gun. Look out, Daddy! For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is One Nostalgic Weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. Yeah, I go by Kyle Massey, a.k.a. Santa Claus for the evening. <laughs> yeah, me, I don't do reindeer too well. So I got poodles and dogs and cats and a big red sleigh with TVs and the headrests. <laughs> yes, sir. Let me talk to him. Dashing through the snow in a one-horse open sleigh. Building snowmen and having lots of fun because we got presents today. Bells on bobtails ring, making spirits bright. We got a good look at old St. Nick because we stayed up late last night. Sing! Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. It's a lot of fun. Jingle bells, jingle, jingle bells, jingle. jingle all the way. Jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. It's time to jingle land. Wait for Chris Kringleland. Celebrate this magic time with all my friends and all my fam. Let's light the fireplace, wrap gifts and decorate. Let's do the things we always do around the holidays. Let's pull the sled out so we can have a great time. Take turns pushing each other down the mountainside. Cause all we have to do today is laugh and play while we sing and we jingle all the way.
what goes on, what goes on, what goes on, what goes on. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. You got the mayor in the building speaking to do what it do. Tuesday night live was last night. When tonight we go on Wednesday night live, man. Hump day, man. Getting you over the hump, man. With some good sports conversation, man. Action VR Network is in the building. Um, we're being powered by Spreaker.com. We are in the house. I am the mayor, a.k.a. left-handed, a.k.a. the mayor, all right? Um, it's a lot to talk about, man, in the world of sports. A lot going on, man. Hope everybody's enjoying their um, holiday season and all that, you know what I mean? Getting into the flow of things, you know what I mean? It's that season again, you know? It's all about the kids and making sure that the kids are right and making sure that everything is, you know, is, is proper and going on, man. So, you know how we do it. And uh, we're coming on the close of a decade. You know what I mean? So, um, everything's from 2010 up to now, man. I know that the 10 years went by like a blur. There's a lot going on. Um, and we had to tap it up as far as the sports and what's going on with, 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 the, with, with um, everything happening in the world of sports, man. So, we're going to rock with you. And hopefully you rock with us, man. I got my man, the ubiquitous Robert James is in the building holding me down behind the board. You know what I mean? So um, let's rock out, man. I'm excited, man. I'm excited for, you know, the possibilities for what's getting ready to happen in 2020 um, with a whole bunch of stuff, you know, personally, professionally, and all of that, man. So hopefully um, get, you know, get it together, 2020, man, you know. It's time for fresh starts, opening your eyes and some things. Even the year, I should tell you, 2020, had that correct vision, man, you know, going forward. You know what I mean? Focus on what you got to focus on, man. It's 2020, right? Keep that in mind. This is after further review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. All right, um, Yankee fans, stand up. Yankees, stand up, baby. George Steinberger is, 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 is doing what he do. You know what I mean? He'd be proud of his boys. Making it happen. Signing Gary Cole, free agent. All right? Um, $324 million over nine years. Um, it sounds like a lot, but in today's economic uh, situation, you know, it'll pay for itself. A couple of championships and that ring will pay for itself. Um, I think that the Yankees, you know, finally acquired that piece that they needed the last couple of years to get them over that hump because, you know, we've been in the, you know, championship series and things of that nature. We just couldn't get past a particular team from Houston, you know? And, you know, the fact of the matter now that, you know, it's been come to find out that, you know, they were doing some extracurricular stuff behind the scenes. Really that many things to me that, that, that doesn't really matter. You know, a lot of people will make a lot of things, you know, out of the Houston Astros and who cares about that right now? That's water under the bridge. Let's move forward. And um, the Yankees have decided, you know, Garrett Cole is worth it, and I think he's worth it. You know, the best pitcher in baseball, 29 years old, right-hander, ace. That's what we were missing. You know, we were we were lacking the ace. I mean, we had, you know, a, a, a bunch of, you know, maybe, you know, second-line, you know, even third-line starters, you know. And the top-line starters that we had were injured. You know, Luis Severino injured, you know. Um so Garrett Cole kind of makes everything complete. So hopefully um, we can we can you know look forward to um, some World Series, you know, and and some some parades and stuff like that. But I just think that man, 
at the end of the day, man, Garrett Cole is just, you know, a um, a sign of, you know, things to come. You know, you know, you had Mike Trout getting his money. You had Bryce Harper getting his money. And as a pitcher, you know, now people say, well, he only works, you know, uh, you know, every, every every fifth day. So what? You know what I mean? So he's still got he's, he's still got to contribute. He's still got to perform. And I think you know him being a Yankee fan. You know, you know, ever since he was a little kid, I saw the picture of him when he was a little kid um, out there with Derek Jeter. You know, and um, I think that you know it's every kid's dream to you know pitch at Yankee Stadium. So he's getting ready to do that. And the Yankees had a, had drafted him out of high school. So again, it comes full circle for Gary Cole, man. Um, you know, he had, was pitching for the Pirates. The Yankees tried to get him um, when he was at Pittsburgh, and he eventually ended up going to Houston, which is fine, well and good. You know what I mean? But now he's a Yankee, and um, we're going to welcome him. You know, and he's he instantly goes to the top of the rotation. So he'll be pitching opening day in Baltimore, and he'll be yeah, and how the rotation plans that he's going to get thirty five starts. Um, over a million dollars to start. That's that's you know if you can get it, I'm not mad at you. Get that money, Daddy. I'm not mad. You know, and um, I just think now as a Yankee fan, you know, they, people are going to start hating us again. You can't wait to you know you can't wait to hate the Yankees. Everybody wants, loves to hate the Yankees. You know, but even though the moves that you know other teams made, like the Red Sox and you know the Angels and the Dodgers and stuff like that. You know, they've, they've, they've got their World Series. You know what I mean? The Dodgers don't have World Series. But, the you know, the Red Sox, they, they, they spent money. Now they're talking about trying to flip Mookie Betts, one of the best players, if not the best player in baseball. Um, so they're trying to flip David Price. So I think now they're trying to get their, you know, their, um, their, their, their salary situation in line and in order so they don't have to, you know, continue paying that luxury tax. Um. So again, man, you know a lot of you know a lot of the best players in baseball are on the, on the trade block, you know, and, and it's, it might sound weird, but I think that you know everybody you know won their World Series, you know, there would be teams that spent their money, they won that they, they won their World Series, man, and and now it's time to kind of you know figure out you know where you are as a franchise and and what you want to go do moving forward because twenty twenty is going to be you know. Uh, a new situation for everybody, you know. Um, but as far as the Yankees are concerned, man, you know, the Yankees are going to be the Yankees. You know, we got Gary Cole now, and, you know, I think there's still some, you know, moves that we have to make. They're minor moves. They're not really, you know, big um, earth-shattering moves, anything that's going to change our situation. We have to, you know, for example, we need to find a center fielder, you know, and that'll probably end up, you know, re-signing Brett Gardner, you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and to me, um, Brett Gardner is the best available free agent center field. And it's not really that close, even though he's 36 years old. It's not that close, you know. Um, I think, you know, giving Brett Gardner a one-year deal, is, is, it works out for everybody, you know. So, again, at the end of the day, you know, Brett Gardner has been around, you know, and I think that, um, you know, with the Yankees needing the center fielder, if you resign them, that's the easiest thing that you can do because you know what you get out of Brett Gardner. You know what you get. Um, as far as the Yankees are concerned, again, you got to do something with Jay Happ's salary because, again, um, you know, the Yankees, you know, luxury tax payroll will be up to about $245 million for 2020, okay? And that's going to be way above the $208 million threshold 
and the, and the $228 million second tier, okay? And it's going to be close to the $248 million third tier, okay? And what that means is each tier brings higher tax rates. And, that, and, and what that means is that the Yankees have to pay a luxury tax, okay? And as, you know, some, a team that has to, uh, had paid luxury taxes before, the Yankees paid luxury tax and will pay luxury tax in 2019, their luxury tax will go up even further for the Yankees. So, again, they have to kind of, like, cut a little salary so they can kind of, like, fit under uh, certain particular luxury tax tiers so they have to pay that much in luxury tax. I know it sounds like it sounds a lot, and you know you hear a lot of numbers moving around, and it sounds confusing. But um, you know, all my accountants out there know what they know what I'm talking about, man. So um, it looks like Jay Hat is going to be the one that you know is going to probably end up having to be moved because I think that you know what the Yankees have now their rotation. It looks like you know Gary Cole, uh, Luis Severino, James Paxton, Masahiro Tanaka, um, and Jordan Montgomery. Now, as far as Domingo Herman, he's suspended under uh, Major League Baseball's domestic violence policy. So he's not really even a concern. So go moving forward, what the Yankees can do, we can trade J-Hap, you know what I mean, probably get you know a, a, a outfield piece, you know, and plug in uh, Jordan Montgomery. Remember, he had Tommy John surgery, um, you know, late um, in, you know, this year. And, um, again, I think that, you know, whatever the Yankees do as far as their pitching, we're not concerned with the top of the rotation. We're concerned with, you know, the back of the rotation, which is okay. We could trade Jay Happ and we could sign a cheaper fifth starter, you know. Um, maybe somebody like a Homer Bailey, you know what I mean, or Martin Perez. You know, somebody that's just going to be able to um, replace that production, you know, at a fraction of the cost. And that's always good. You can get the same numbers but not pay as much money. So, again, man, um, and I did not forget about D.D. Gregorius. I did not forget about him. Having to replace him is going to be tough. But then again, you know what? I'm, I'm going to keep it on the realistic terms, man. Um, D.D. missed uh, 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 2019. He came back. He still contributed. did his thing. Um, but I think what he's going to be remembered and, and mostly missed for is he's the one that replaced Derek Jeter. He's the, he's the guy that came behind Derek Jeter. So, and he did contribute. And I'm not, you know, and I wanted D.D. Gregorius here because I remember the conversations that we had, you know, on the show a couple of years ago, shout to Kia. You know, she was like, no, nah, I don't want D.D. I remember those conversations. No, nah, I don't want D.D. Gregorius here. And I'm like, you crazy? D.D. Gregorius is nice. You crazy? You know what I mean? And, and, and he, you know, he contributed that was in Philadelphia. And I think that um, a change, you know, was, was good for both parties because where was he going to fit in at? You know, unless, you know, we, we move somebody around. And I don't think that, we, you know, we, we needed to do that. I'm, I really wasn't interested in seeing D.J. LeMay play first base. I'm not interested in that. So, again, um, Didi's in Philly. He's down. He's down in now with Joe Girardi. And um, again, here's the thing with Didi though. He's going to be a free agent next year. Okay, he signed a one-year, fourteen million dollar deal with the Philly. All right, and like I said, he was you know injured. He came back from Tommy John surgery in June, and he didn't really have the greatest season. So that made him even you know um, gave more reason to make him expendable. 
Um, again, you know, Robert Torres, we could put him, we could plug him in as shortstop and put DJ LeMayhew as second full-time. You know, remember the numbers that he was doing full-time in Colorado. And a shout-out to DJ LeMayhew. He made the all-MLB team. Shout-out to DJ LeMayhew. So that just justifies everything that, you know, we talked about getting him. I talked about him in the beginning of the, of, of the of 2019 season when the Yankees got DJ LeMayhew. I was like, oh, snap. Batting champion. He was doing his numbers in Colorado. He's going to come into the Yankees and, and, and be a factor, and he absolutely was. So, again, um, you know, given what the Yankees have as far as their payroll and the lack of, you know, you know good free agent middle infielders, um, I don't know, man. I think that, you know, replacing Didi Gregorius, man, as long as we don't have any injuries, we'll be all right, you know? And um, the last thing I think that the Yankees need to worry about doing is just kind of like upgrading all over the roster, you know, no matter how small. We can, you know, you know the, the, the fringes. The, the, the middle relief guys, the bench guys, you know, um, a backup catcher. Um, again, you know, uh, Austin Roman's a free agent. To Hishiaka on, on, on the roster still. But I think that the focus, as far as the Yankees with catching, Gary Sanchez has to improve behind the plate. It's, 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 I can't say any any more plainer than that. Gary Sanchez has to get better behind the plate. Real talk, because he's a liability, you know. And I think you know, as far as you know, his back that's never been a worry. It's been the defense, and I think if you know Gary Sanchez can shore his defense up and still you know have that, his back's not going anywhere. He just has to get better defensively, and once he gets better defensively, then the Yankees will really be a problem. So. um yeah, as far as the winter meetings are concerned, man, that's what's going on right now in baseball. That's why I started to show off with baseball, man, because baseball is you know, doing the, um, going through their winter meetings right now. And some things that you, you know, haven't really, you know, uh, heard about as far as, like, you know, the Houston Astros, you know, they're, they're trying to see, gauge a little interest on Carlos Correa. Okay, that was a surprise. Like, wow, Carlos, Houston Astros, Carlos Correa? Yeah, man, the Astros are listening to offers. All right. Um, they have a lot of res- revenue at their disposal. And, um, again, they want to stay. They're another team that wants to stay under the, um, the luxury tax threshold. So, again, that means they probably have to clear some payroll via trade. Carlos Correa, 25 years old, very uh, productive hitter. Okay. Um, but injury is, is – I, I think that's the reason why, you know, the Astros are even – thinking about moving a guy like Carlos Correa. Um, I think, you know, a team like the Mets, if they want to really, really get back into good graces, you know, I think they need a piece, and I think that piece would be, you know, uh, Carlos Correa. It could be good. I mean, even though they have Ahmad Rosario as shortstop, and, you know, last year, you know, 2019, um, he showed that he can, you know, have, you know, realize some potential offensively, um, Correa would be an instant upgrade. Uh, instant upgrade. And I think if the Mets had a chance to get Carlos Correa, you know, uh, they could, you know, know, move him to another position. You know, so, again, man, um, a lot of things going on in the winter meetings. The San Diego Padres interested in Stalin Marte. I'm not understanding how Stalin Marte is such a 
you know, and, and such a, you know, people are looking at him as a valuable piece. I mean, 31 years old, um, he still adds a little value. But, I mean, you know, I'm not really a big dude, a Stalin Monte dude. You know, he's under contract uh, for $11.5 million in 2020, okay? Um, and I think that, you know, he's a bit stretched out in center field. But I think he'll be able to get by at that position. You know, the Padres have, you know, they, they, they have a crowded outfield right now. So, um, again, after, you know, getting Manny Machado and, you know, uh, and those guys like that, the Padres still were the San Diego Padres, you know. Um, and, I hear, and I'm hearing that the Padres are talking to everybody about uh, Will Myers. They, they want to get rid of Will Myers. And I, I, and, I, and I thought for a second, I said, well, hey, Will Myers can play first base. Um, he's a decent bat. You know, I think he's kind of like taking a step back as far as skill-wise, talent-wise. But, um, again, you know, my thing with that was he's right-handed. And you know how I feel about right-handed first baseman. I can't stand right-handed first baseman. No. If I had a team and I was managing my team, I would not have a right-handed player at first base. It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense. You have a left-handed player at first base, and we'll talk about that at another time. I don't want to get too technical into it, but I just don't like right-handed. For the same reason you don't see left-handed catchers. When you ever saw a left-handed catcher, you ever see the left-handed person play third base? So, again, to me, I think, you know, first base should be exclusively for left-handed people. That's just how, that's just my thought on it. Um, 954-246-0398 is the mathematics. I got my man, Bob James, is in the building rocking with me. Not that Bob James, the other Bob James. Uh, he's rocking out with me, man, um, holding me down behind the boards. We got a lot to talk about, man. I just wanted to talk some baseball. You know baseball is my favorite sport, all right? Um... We got some, you know, football to get into, college football playoffs. We got the NFL to talk about. We got some NBA to talk about. We got some college basketball to talk about. And, of course, I got my hockey people covered. Um, discuss a little bit about the Ruiz and Joshua fight. We may talk about that a little bit. And um, talk about Terrence Crawford. He has a fight coming up this weekend. So um, it's, a lot, it's a lot to talk about, you know, on the sports tip, man. And you can rock out with me, 954 is the mathematics. I, um, what else we want to talk about, man, as far as, you know, baseball? I mean, you know, with the thing with the Houston Astros, right, and them being accused and, you know, um, cheating, I think we talked about this before, but we did, really didn't go in, in depth with it. I just think that, uh, again, that if you get caught, then that's on you. Because I think baseball is, is, is one of those sports where, you know, signs, you know, we know the signs, one for fastball, two for curve. We know all of that, right? But I think that you have to kind of, like, um, make the signs different. Try to fool somebody. Because, again, they're trying to find out what the signs are. They're trying to find out what your signs are. Don't get it twisted. Don't think that because, you know, you see all that hand movement, they're not trying to figure out what that is. So what you have to do is you have to kind of counter-react that. You see how now when they go to the mound and the managers or even the catchers go to, or even the infielders, when they go to the pitcher's mound, they put the gloves over their, over their mouth. So when they talk, nobody, you know, for lip readers and all that. So if everything is so close to the vest, man, you have to kind of like, you know, take a little bit more care about the signals that you give out. If they steal your signals, 
then you just have to switch the game up and switch your signals up. It's that simple. But I think that the reason why it's kind of you know, frowned upon with the Astros our cues are doing is because they use the technology. If you're doing it without technology, then rock out. Do what you do. But if you're using, you know, uh, videos and cell phones and all this type of stuff, then you're doing, you're doing too much. That's a little bit extra. And, um, again, I, I'm not going to say, well, the, you know, the Astros beat the Yankees because they were cheating. And I'm not going to say that. The evidence is out there. It speaks for itself. I'm not going to say that. All I know is that the Yankees signed Gary Cole, $324 million for nine years. And that's all I know. That's all I'm concerned with. Let's get the spring training. Let's get 2020 started. Let's have a parade in October or early November or however you want to do it. Let's do it. All right? Um, this is after further review, man, 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. You got the mayor in the house. Bob James is holding me down behind the boards. You're not ready for a pause yet. Um, what else? I got to take care of my hockey people. Let me take care of my hockey people right quick, yo. Word up. So I want y'all to think I forgot about you. You know? Shout out to my man, Chris Meadow. We talked earlier. He's got a, um got me on the podcast, uh, Kenny and the Mayor. All right? That's going down. Make sure you check out check check that out. Um, we talk sports and all that good stuff, man. Make sure you check that out. A lot of stuff coming up for 2020, man. Um, I'm back in the booth. Album is coming. Springtime 2020. Uh, the name of the album is called The Unexpected Short Shot. Um, and I'm doing me, man. You know, I, I still I still got the I still got the energy for it. I still got the love for it, the passion. Um, I was doing some writing today. You know what I mean? So again, um we got a lot of stuff coming in two thousand and twenty. And I just hope that, you know, people can get with what we're doing. And even with Action VR Network, a lot of moves being made, man, two thousand twenty look is very exciting time around here. Black Bob got a big smile on his face, and Mike Summers. Shout out to Mike Summers, man. You know what I mean? And and and, and, and what he's doing and stuff like that. So make sure you stay close, man. Actually, VR Network got it popping, right? The mayor got it popping, right? You can get at me on Twitter at RMDes. I'm on Twitter at RMDes. You can get at me there. You can get at me on Facebook, man. Um, we got the Facebook group after further review, and um, just rock out with us, man. We do what we do, man. Um, this is the midday edition, the midweek edition of After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. We're going to take a pause for the cause. It's um, time for that right about now. When we come back, we're going to talk some NHL hockey. We're going to get into NFL and all that good stuff. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pass. Let's get it. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is your place for that aquatic enthusiast and your family this holiday season. With Christmas fast approaching, now is the time to look for that great gift for that special someone who lives the aquatic lifestyle. With years of experience, owner-operator Nelson Fletcher can help you achieve your aquatic needs and goals and help you find that special gift for that aquatic enthusiast you love. You can also converse with other aquatic hobbyists and enthusiasts by logging on to www.aquariumauctions.ca and joining the TAC Room, where you can ask any questions. 
Visit Canadian Aquatic Auctions today at their website at www.aquariumauctions.ca or their Facebook page at facebook.com slash Canadian Aquatic Sales. Together, we can build lasting relationships based on listening and servicing your needs in a professional environment. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year from Canadian Aquatic Auctions. My name's James. For six years, I was a garbage can druggie. I would do any kind of drug I would get my hands on. But here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Christmas is not far away. Come catch Santa on his sleigh. Time is precious. Seize the day at Ski's Watch and Clock. Ski's been in business for 20 years. He knows his stuff, so have no fears. He knows about all those tiny gears inside every clock. When you come to Ski's Watch and Clock, his variety is huge. From wrist watches, pocket watches, stop watches, desk clocks, mantle clocks, grandfather clocks, new and previously owned reconditioned pieces. Right now, with Christmas so close, we will only accept light repairs till after Christmas. The elves are busy enough as it is filling Santa's sleigh. Don't let the Grinch stop you from filling the stockings or putting things under the tree this year. If you're worried about getting someone a gift, you can put items on layaway with just a small deposit. Thanks to Ski, you can send that stupid Grinch to his bedroom with no dinner or TV and no computer or PlayStation. By now, you must be wondering where Ski's watch and clock is. It's located in beautiful downtown Winter Haven at 106 West Central Avenue, Florida, just across from the main post office. Call 863-294-5630. Again, that number is 863 863- Two nine four five six three zero. This is our time. We play without limits. We create without rules. We are not for sale. We connect with the whole world. Every idea we've shaped. Every relationship we've cultivated. Belongs to us. We demand the freedom to be our uncensored selves. And when something challenges that, we change it. Together. This is our time. One, two, three. Let's start a revolution. Let's MeWe. Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Memories can last a lifetime, 
especially when it comes to the holidays, especially when it involves taking pictures. If you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can count on to make those memories last longer than the holidays. That place is Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers can help you with making your Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, or whatever holiday you celebrate the best ever by taking single shots, family portraits, couple portraits, pet photos, and more. She can also capture the finest winter scenery you can imagine. Those photos are available all across the country and around the world at a price that will not empty your wallet for last-minute Christmas shopping. Don't wait until the last minute to get your pictures done for the holidays. Call Abigail Summers at Grateful Heart Photography at 541-951-2443 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work can be found there. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year from all your friends at Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Oh, there's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky, look! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg 365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. Twas the night before Christmas, and all through the Hold house... it now, wait, hold it. That's played out. Hit it! Don't you give me all that jive about things you wrote before eyes alive. Cause this ain't 1823, ain't even 1970. Now I'm the guy named Curtis Blow, and Christmas is one thing I know. So every year, just about this time, I celebrate it with a rhyme. Gonna shake it, gonna bake it, gonna make it good Gonna rock, shock, knock it through your neighborhood Gonna ring it, gonna sing it till it's understood My rapping about to happen like a knee You were slapping or I told you been tapping on a hunk of wood Bought a red-suited dude with a friendly attitude And a slave full of goodies for the people on the block Got a long white beard, maybe looks kind of weird And if you ever see him, he can give you quite a shot Now people let me tell you about last year When the dude came flying here. Well, the hawk was out, snow was on the ground, folks stayed in to party down. The beat was thumping on the box, and I was dancing in my sock, and the drummer played at a solid pace. And the taste of the bass was in my face. And the guitar player laid down the heavy layer of the funky junkie rhythm of the disco beat. And the guy with the 88 started to participate And I could sure appreciate the sound so sweet We were all in the mood So we had a little food and a joke and a smoke And a little bit of wine When I thought I heard a hoop on the top of the roof Could it be it wasn't me? I was feeling super fine So I went to the attic where I thought I heard the static On a chance that the fans was somebody breaking in Put the noise on the top with a reindeer pop Just a trick, same thing, and I left the sucker in 
was rolling, he was bully, and I said, holy moly, you got a lot of wishes on your chinny chin chin. He allowed, he was proud of the hairy little crowd on the point of the door where the skin should have been. Gets cool for a fool, going out every you for a day on the same when the cold was low. So the fear made me win, but I'll never have a chance, cause it's warm in the storm when it's in below. I said, yo, right, it's cold tonight, so can you stop for a drop before you go? He said, why not? If the music's hot and our chance of dance beneath the We back in the building, man. This is Dr. Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass, live and direct, man. The Hump Day edition. You know how we give it up, man. Hump. You over the hump, man. We missed you yesterday, but we're here today, man. That's all that matters. 954 is the mathematics. You know how Action VR Network give it up. Listen, man, we're coming down to the close of a decade, a year, all of that. All right? Um, next week is going to be the last show for 2019, the last show for the 2010s, all that. I'm going to go hard as far as, you know, um, letting people know what it is. We want to have a party, man. We want to, we want to chop it up with everybody. We want everybody to call in, check in. I'm going to get at everybody, man. And, uh, just, you know, say what you got to say, man. And we want to have, have some fun with it. So next week is the last show, man, for 2019 after further review. 2.0, a.k.a. the sideline pad. We'll be back the first week of January. Um, getting it popping. You know how we do, man. So everybody can get some rest, rejuvenated, you know what I mean? Get fresh and all that fly stuff, man. And the mayor and, and Bob James and, and Mike Summers and Chuck Skull and, and Miss Cat and Sonny Cruz and the whole crew will be back 2020. You already know what it is. Um... NHL, I got my hockey people covered. I got y'all, man. Um, it's like a quarter of the season. A little bit, little bit more than a quarter of the season has been played. 
And, um, you know, now it's, time, it's, it's, it's about time to get serious now. But I think that as far as hockey is concerned, a lot of people are, you know, learning a lesson about what happened last year with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I mean, they finished last season with 128 points in the regular season. That was the fourth most in the history of the league. We know how that ended up for them. All right? They got swept. Swept. 128 points. President's Trophy. 62 games they won. And they got swept in the playoffs. So, we talked about this on prior shows. Like, how you know, the President's Trophy is a gift and a curse. But I think that, um, you know, so far with this season right now, the Washington Capitals are on a pace to end up with more points than last year's Tampa Bay team. All right? Um, they haven't really been, you know, killing them, you know, like Tampa did last year. But, um, again, we're only a couple of weeks away from Christmas, and uh, the Capitals have, you know, been doing their numbers, man. Um, they lost last night against Columbus, all right? Um, before that loss, the Capitals were on their way to getting 130 points, which would, which, would be, which would be the third best regular season point finish in the history of the league, all right? But now they're, you know, they're, they're, they're on pace to get 126, which is not that, which is not that bad, you know what I mean? But, um, again, as far as the Capitals are concerned, you know, like I said, last night, they, you know, they didn't play well against Columbus. But they had one six in a row, you know what I mean, including a, a uh, sweep of a four-game road trip. So they'll be all right, you know what I mean. So as far as the Capitals, they're doing their numbers, and you got you know just just watch out for them. The Boston Bruins. Um, it's been a tough week for them. They lost three in a row, I and they were like behind by three goals in each of those games. The first time all season that they trailed by three goals. All right. Um, they lost at home to Colorado in regulation as the first regulation loss at home this year. But, you know, they lost to the Blackhawks in Ottawa. Come on, man. What's, what's up with that? Um, the New York Islanders. A lot of people expected the Islanders to kind of like fall off after last year. You know, they, they surprised a lot of people. But, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not one of those people. I said it last year. You can go back to the shows and listen to them. When the Islanders got Barry Trotz, you know what? The Islanders are going to be sneaky good. I think that's the exact verbiage that I use. The Islanders are going to be sneaky good. And they were actually great last year, right? Um, this year, they've delivered one of the best starts in franchise history. They got 20 wins quicker than any Islanders team in history. They've been doing, you know, the damn thing for uh, over a year now. You know, and look at the roster. And then look at the standards. And be like, what the hell is going on? You know, but then there's a, a treading water, man, and they're doing what they need to do. Um, Colorado Avalanche. That's a team that's dealing with the injury bug. And, um, again, you know, they've got points in seven straight games, six wins, six of those wins. Um, but, again, man, you know, Colorado is one of those teams that people thought at the earlier the part of the season were going to be okay, you know. And, and they're making those people look smart. And St. Louis Blues, I think that, you know, they're the defending Stanley Cup champions, and I don't think that they're getting the respect that they, I don't know if they deserve it or the respect that they, that they need. Um, I don't know about the St. Louis Blues, man. You know, I figured, like, you know, maybe that, you know, that Stanley Cup was an anomaly. 
you know. And uh, are they going to repeat? Hell no. But are they garbage? Hell no. It's just that I think that, you know, we're waiting now to decide whether they're having a Stanley Cup hangover or not. I think that's what the deal is with St. Louis. All right? Um, the Pittsburgh Penguins. So far, they, you know, they get the team award for resilience. All right? Um, you know, the Penguins are even, you know, it's a surprise they're even still in the conversation. Okay? Because they had mad injuries. You know? But, uh, again, man, it, it kind of makes you, you know, wonder how important Sidney Crosby even really is to this team. You know? But, again, man, you know, at the end of the day, the Penguins have, you know, they have Stanley Cups. They got, you know, championships that they can fall back on. And they're just trying to hang on right now. I think that, you know, Sidney Crosby makes a difference between them being, a, you know, a decent team or a garbage team. And that's how we'll look at that. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers. The Flyers are having a surprising team, a surprising season. Okay, I would even dare to call them this year's New York Islanders. Okay, nobody saw this coming with the Flyers. Okay, um, you know they, they really haven't beaten anybody good in about three weeks. You know what I mean? And so that would lead you to wonder, even if the Flyers think that they're good themselves. But I think that as long as they're you know having a winning season. And they're still surprising people, and they're in the conversation. That's all you could, you know. That's all you could take, you know. That's all you could take away from that. Um, Carolina Hurricanes. They're doing their numbers, you know. Um, you got to put some respect, you know, put some respect on uh, Sebastian Ajo's name. You know what I mean? Andre Sabanikov. Put some respect on those guys' names. They're doing what they need to do as far as keeping their heads afloat. There's still a lot of season to go, you know. Um, the Edmonton Oilers, they're still hanging around, but beginning to slide. Remember a couple of weeks ago, the Edmonton Oilers were hot, you know? And I think you see, it might be due to a lack of depth. They don't really have that much depth, you know? And um, again, you know, Connor McDavid, you got to start wondering, asking yourself, is he going to end, end, end his career at Edmonton? You know, because again, you, you know, you're tired of, being, you know, this is not, you know, Wayne Gretzky, Jerry Curry, you know what I mean, uh, Grant Fuhrer, Mark Messier. This is not that team. You know, even though you have a bona fide, qualified superstar in Conor McDavid, but what else do you have? That, and, and, that, and, and that's the question. All right? So get at me, man. This is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. You got the mayor in the building, 954 Zero three nine eight is the mathematics, man. Um, I'm watching college football, man, and I'm looking at college football playoffs. You know, and, and, and it, you know, it's about the top four picks and all of that, and everybody's talking about the college football playoffs should expand. I, I don't think so. I don't think I, I don't think the college football playoffs should expand at all because again. And, and, and Bob can kind of like, you know, um, uh, uh, talk to me about that. A couple of years ago, I'd say about three years ago, maybe four years ago, we were having this conversation. It's going to go from four teams to eight teams, and then eventually the college football players are going to include 16 teams, which is nonsense. That's way too much. Nonsense. Way- nonsense. Total nonsense. Um, they don't know. 
Go Fair ahead. Enough. Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, I mean, you know, and I know you're, you know, know where you're going to go with this here too. That, you know, sixteen teams way too much. I mean, I, I'm not a big hey. fan of the, I'm not a big fan of the playoff system myself. But I'll let you make your point before I make mine. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I, I just think that you know, four teams is perfect. Four teams is perfect, man. You know what I mean? And, and, and even if I, if you twist my arm and say six, okay, I, I might be liable to. Go ahead and give you that. But eight and then six, knock it off. What are we doing? We handed out orange and pineapple slices. That's today's society. Everybody gets a prize. No matter how many, how how, how bad your team is, every everybody gets a participation trophy. And I don't think that that's, and I don't think that's the way to go, man. I think it, 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 it devalues the playoffs. Hey, go ahead. You can go ahead and make your point. I got a couple other things I wanted to say. Well, 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 yeah. Well, you pretty much made made it because I was going to say the playoffs itself have already devalued the bowl games. The bowl games have already been devalued. I, right. You know, we I, I loved it when we knew who was going to be playing in the bowl games by Thanksgiving, and we would and you know and we would have the bowl games start pretty much roughly around this time. And mm-hmm. as as you got closer and closer to New Year's Day, the value of the bowl games kept going up to where to where New Year's Day you're watching the top primarily the, the most popular bowl games, which were about six of the which there were about six of them that were extremely popular. Mm-hmm. Four of them four of them were the one who would take turns hosting the, the bowl game that would uh, decide the championship. But you know, I gotta be honest with you. <clears throat> If they were to have taken it more seriously, have the bowl games happen, and, ha- and have their fair, have, have the politics be more fair without partisan interest, mm-hmm. you, could pick, you could just simply pick the two best teams and have the you know, have the championship happen on like January tenth, and not have the playoff system because people miss the bowl games. People miss the value of the bowl games. I believe. I mean, the Orange Bowl, the Orange Bowl, the Sugar Bowl. You know the uh, the the uh, Rose Bowl, and I believe the other one was the Cotton Bowl. I think those were the four, right, right. or the Fiesta Bowl rather. The Cotton Bowl and Citrus Bowl mm-hmm. were the other two popular bowl games. But you know, people mm-hmm. people got into that, and they got into the Blue Gray Classic on Christmas Day. You don't even have the Blue Gray Classic because how many bowl games you got now? Forty. <laughs> we, we, we can make into that in a minute. We can make into that in a minute. What happened to whatever happened to the the Hula Bowl? <laughs> oh God, that was the one game you know that would saying? be that was the one game that would be shown all over the country on independent television on syndication. Right, <laughs> right. Whatever happened to that? Um, but yeah, man, I think that you know, for me, I think the college football playoff is perfect. And if you want to talk, let's talk about this year in particular. Okay, if you want to make an argument about expanding the college football playoffs, you might want to put that away if we're talking about this year in particular, okay? Because LSU, Ohio State, and Clemson were the best three teams all season, okay? And Oklahoma happened to kind of like back into that fourth spot, all right? Now, if you have an 18 playoff, that probably they would probably include Georgia, now, remember, Georgia lost to LSU in the SEC championship by 27 points. Oregon 
which has two losses. One of them is to Arizona State. Yeah, that Arizona State. Okay? Then you would have Baylor. Okay? And they lost twice to Oklahoma. And then you would have Memphis. So your eight teams in the college football playoff, if you want to expand it for this year, it would be LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, Oklahoma, Georgia, Oregon, Baylor, and Memphis. That's not really interesting to me. I don't need all of those teams in the college football playoff. Not to say that those are not good teams. They're all good teams, except for Georgia. You know how I feel about Georgia. I don't mess with Georgia. Um, but I think they're also um, a little bit behind the four teams that are in the college football playoff. I'm not interested in seeing Georgia in the college football playoff. I'm not interested in seeing um, Oregon, even though they beat Utah in the Pac-12 championship game, but Oregon lost to Arizona State. I'm really not interested in seeing Baylor because Baylor lost to Oklahoma twice this year. And Memphis, I'm not interested in seeing them. Memphis is a basketball school. So I just I just think that, you know, uh, an 18 playoff is, 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 is too much. You know, and um, you know, notice one team that I didn't mention, Bob, that's been running college football for the last five, six years. I Alabama. do. And I would have said something there, but I had a feeling you would because Alabama, I think people are ju- kind of jumping for joy that Nick Saban and Alabama aren't there. And just so people that want to defend Alabama where that goes, only losing two games, they lost to Auburn for Pete's sakes. Yep. Yep. I mean, you know, injuries notwithstanding, um, you know, they had two losses. Okay. Um, two two Tavia Boa got hurt. All right. Um, you know, like I said, Auburn beat them in the Iron Bowl. LSU beat them, you know, and so Alabama doesn't have a bite script on college football like they used to the past, you know, four or five years. But again, Alabama is still there, but it just now, you know, their spot is being shared with a few other teams. Um, we, we talked about, or you mentioned the bowl games. We're about to get into that. This is the annual, well, this is the annual Ask the Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. Sideline Pass Bowl Game Review. I think it's about 40 bowl games. And we're going to run through every single one of them right quick. Right quick for you. Don't say we don't, say we don't do nothing for you. This is after further review. Action VR Network. All right. Bowl season starts December 20th in the Bahamas. All right. The Bahamas Bowl. That's Charlotte against Buffalo. And on that same day, December 20th, we have the Frisco Bowl. That's Utah State against Kent State. All right? December 21st, the New Mexico Bowl, Central Michigan against San Diego State. December 21st, the Cure Bowl, Georgia Southern against Liberty. Who? December 21st. Go ahead. I just went, who? I mean, that, that's what I'm saying, you know, that really makes right, me think yeah. of these bowl games. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Um, December 21st, the Boca Raton Bowl. That's uh, Florida Atlantic 
against SMU. Wow. SMU fell all the way down from the Volta Baton Bowl. I remember when SMU was undefeated. But anyway, that's another story. Oh, I could probably um, get free tickets to that one with my nephew going to FAU. <laughs> okay, that's what's up. Um, December 21st, the Camellia Bowl. That's FIU against Arkansas State. Okay? December 21st, the Las Vegas Bowl. Washington against Boise State. December 21st, the New Orleans Bowl. UAB against Appalachian State. December 23rd, the Gasparilla Bowl. Marshall against Central Florida. December 24th, Christmas Eve, the Hawaii Bowl. BYU versus Hawaii. December 26th, the Independence Bowl. Miami, Florida against Louisiana Tech. December 26th, the Quick Lane Bowl, Pittsburgh against Eastern Michigan. December 27th, the Military Bowl, North Carolina against Temple. December 27th, the Pinstripe Bowl, that's at Yankee Stadium. Michigan State against Wake Forest. December 27th, the Texas Bowl, Texas A&M against Oklahoma State. December 27th, the Holiday Bowl, USC against Iowa. December 27th, the Cheez-It Bowl, Washington State against Air Force. December 28th, the Camping World Bowl, Notre Dame against Iowa State. December 30th, the First Responder Bowl, Western Michigan against Western Kentucky. December 30th, the Music City Bowl, Louisville against Mississippi State. December 30th, the Red Box Bowl, Illinois against California. December 31st, New Year's Eve, the Alamo Bowl, Utah against Texas. First, here's a good one for you, Bob. The Tony the Tiger Fun Bowl. I'm gonna say that one more time. <laughs> Tony the Tiger Fun Bowl, and this is this is real. These are real bowls. The Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl. That's Arizona State against Florida State. Now I've heard of the Sun Bowl before, but the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl is Kellogg's like sponsoring this yeah. one or something. <laughs> Yeah, it's Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl, all right. All right, and so then we got um, New Year's Eve, we got the Liberty Bowl, that's Kansas State against Navy. Then we have the Arizona Bowl, that's Wyoming against Georgia State. All right, now we get to New Year's Day. The Citrus Bowl, Michigan against Alabama. The Outback Bowl, Minnesota against Auburn. January 2nd, the Birmingham Bowl. Boston College against Cincinnati. January 2nd, the Gator Bowl, Tennessee against Indiana. January 3rd, the Idaho Potato Bowl, Nevada against Ohio. January 4th, Armed Forces Bowl, Tulane against Southern Miss. 
January 6th, the Lending Tree Bowl, Louisiana against Miami of Ohio. All right? Now, here's the New Year's Six Bowl games. December 28th, the Cotton Bowl, um, Memphis against Penn State. December 30th, the Orange Bowl, Virginia against Florida. New Year's Day, the Rose Bowl, Wisconsin against Oregon. New Year's Day, the Sugar Bowl, Georgia against Baylor. Now here's the college football playoff. December 28th, 8 o'clock, Fiesta Bowl, Clemson against Ohio State. December 28th at 4 o'clock, the Peach Bowl, Oklahoma against LSU. And January 13th, the National Championship. You know how many bowl games that is? Four, that's seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, two, twenty-three, forty, twenty-six, twenty-seven, eight, twenty-nine, thirty. 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40. 40 bowl games. 40. I think it needs to get back. Like I said, I remember when it was just 15 bowl games. And you had the blue-gray classic. And, of course, you had the senior bowl. The right, right. Uh, which happened after all, which happened after all the bowl games have ended. All yes, I can, all I can say is, the Senior Bowl still goes on. The Blue Gray Classic doesn't. I mean, you know, it's just I liked it better when it was <laughs> when it was fifteen because you saw all the teams in the top twenty-five go, and you had the probably the five most competitive teams that didn't rank also go in there that probably deserve to be in a bowl game somewhere. I mean, that. I mean, you know, it's just... It's too much. We're seeing teams that don't need to do this. I mean, you know, it's just... Wow. I mean, you know, I mean, you know I'm at a loss for words. And the other thing is, now, if, you know, if, if star players make it to the championship, make it to the, uh, the college football championship... And they're seniors. If they're seniors, they could opt not to play in that one just to save themselves for the combine in the NFL draft, which I think is ridiculous. Yep. That's another ridiculous thing. That's like saying, well, I got no heart. I'm just going to wait, wait to see if I get the big money in the NFL since I've been so right, great right, for four right, years right. and I can see about that's getting right. the big money. That's, that's baby. Right. That's such I, I baby think- talk. I gave I gave my blood, sweat, and tears for four years for this school, and then you know what? Nah, that's okay. I'm not going to play in the champ. I'm not going to you know help my school get a championship. I'm gonna wait. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, you know let my body heal so I can get ready for the combine and get the draft and then get all this money. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. When in fact, when in fact that championship game may be what what becomes your defining moment. Whether or not you make it into the NFL. That's true. That's true. 
And, and again, and you know what, though? We talked about this last year, I think. Who wants somebody that's going to quit? Or who, you know, as an NFL, you know, GM, a front office person, a scout, who wants somebody that's going to quit on their team? I, you know what I'm saying? I don't want somebody that's going to all of a sudden decide that they're going to go for the money. You know what I mean? Because you might, you might decide to flake out on me. I don't want that. I don't want you on my team. I don't care how good you are or how good you think you are. I don't want you on my team. Because you didn't go there, you didn't go to school with the thought of saying, you know what, if we make it to the championship in my senior year, I'm not going to play because I'm going to save myself for the, for the combine in the draft. You're supposed to play that out and whatever happens, happens. And I think the NCAA should consider this. And if the NCAA would take things seriously, but they'd have to take things seriously with all sports to where one and done would be gone with basketball, the thing that they they should do is they say, if they do this, that's fine. Then your credibility as a red shirt is now null and void. Mm. Dude, start doing Uh, stuff like that. Yeah, I I, I just think that even, you know, with with, with that situation, that, you know, that's going to, you know, eventually take care of itself because, again, um, the thing to do now, you know, especially like in, in, in basketball more, more so than football, but they're doing it now in football too, like you said, you know, because, because the value of, you know, if you're not in the, you know, you're not in the top four and you're, you're going to a bowl game, why am I going? I'm not playing for a championship. I already know I got my, you know, I got my, my, my future is already laid out in front of me. I'm going to the NFL draft. Why should I play this last bowl game when it doesn't have anything to do with the championship? Why? So, I mean, you know, the, the NCAA put themselves in that predicament. Because like you said, you know, going to a bowl game was, uh, uh, was, was about prestige. You know what I mean? Now you can have a losing record and still go to a bowl game. All you got to do is win six games. You're bowl eligible. You know what I'm saying? So, again, it takes away the the prestige of, of, of even going to a bowl game. That was something that they looked forward to. Now it's like, who the hell wants to go to the Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl? Who the hell wants to do that? You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, the Bahamas Bowl, that's dope. I can take a trip to the Bahamas. I ain't mad at that. You know what I'm saying? But, I, you know, again, at the end of the day, if I'm a blue-chip prospect, if I know I'm going number one in the NFL draft, you can have the Bahamas Bowl. You can have the Hawaii Bowl. You can have all of that. I don't want to be bothered with that. Because I'm going to the NFL draft, baby. I'm about to get paid. And, and, and that's the mentality of today's, of today's, I hate to say it, but it's true. That's their mentality. They got to think about getting the, the proverbial bag, you know what I mean? Instead of, you know, representing for their school what they, that they signed up for. But that is what it is. Um, as far as the, the college football playoffs, men, the top four, um, you know, it was bound to happen, LSU. You know, uh, um, you know, jumped over Ohio State. I think that was kind of like something to make up because Ohio State jumped over LSU a couple weeks ago. You know, but um, again, it is what it is, man. Um, you know, Ohio State really had to go through some things against uh, Wisconsin before they pulled away, and LSU just beat the brakes off of Georgia. So it really, you know, it makes sense. I'm not mad at that, that LSU was number one. You know. Um, I think, you know, those, 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 those uh, playoff games, you got LSU, you got Ohio State, you got Clemson and Oklahoma, all right? Ohio State is going to play Oklahoma. I think that 
that game right there is going to be a big test for, you know, um, Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. Because I think if Oklahoma had any kind of defense, Michael, excuse me, Bob James, Oklahoma would be undefeated. Oklahoma would be undefeated the last couple of years. If they had any semblance of a defense. And I think Joe Burrow is going to tear them up. Joe Burrow is going to tear Oklahoma up. So LSU is going to beat Oklahoma. And the Clemson-Ohio State game, now that's going to be a good one. I think that, um, you know, Clemson's been here before. They know what it is. Ohio State, I think, you know, they had a great season. You know, know, they got past the Urban Meyer thing. You know, um, Justin Fields, you know, coming off the injury. Um, I just don't know about Ohio State. I just don't know. I think Clemson, I think the national championship is going to be LSU and Clemson. What's your thoughts on that? I actually agree with you there. And this will, I think this will silence a lot of critics that really want to come down on Clemson where this one goes, too, because they want to say, yeah. oh, the Clemson face. Yeah. They almost lost the game here to this team. A win is still a win. I mean, come on. I mean, you know, at some point, there's going to be a down point for everybody, and that, that includes the popular Trevor Lawrence, who we yes, know, who, who we know it, is going it, to be it, in it, top it, demand when it comes down to who wants to be the first one to pick him up, but, hopefully, and, 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 hopefully in 2022. you got to go, you got to go through some adversity. That's what makes the champion. They played against North Carolina on the road. North Carolina went for two. Now, if North Carolina would have made that, then this conversation would be moved. But they didn't. And, and Clemson, Clemson won 28 straight games, going back to 2017. All right? Clemson's playing in the fifth straight playoff game, tying Alabama for the record. All right? Um, but, I, you know, it's the first time that Clemson's gone into the college football playoff lower than a two seed. Okay? So, again, I, I just think that, you know, Clemson did not get no respect. Put some respect on Clemson's name. That's all I'm saying. Put some respect on their name. Clemson won that game against North Carolina. They won the game on the road, and people crucified them. They crucified them like North Carolina beat them by 20 points. And it didn't, it didn't make no sense to me. It didn't make sense at all because as a champion, you've got to go through something to get to something. And I think that Clemson, you know, they, 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 they made their mark. Okay, they, def- they held it down. They did what they were supposed to do. And for all of that, their reward was getting dropped down to what? What was it, Bob? Fifth? I think it was like fourth or fifth. Like, what the hell is that? What do we got to do? So, again, man, put, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing what Clemson is going to do. Put some respect on their name. Um, LSU is the first, you know, this is their first time in the college football playoff. Um, Ohio State, this is their third time in the college football playoff. Um, remember, they won. The first playoff over Oregon back in 2014, but they got beat by Clemson 31 to nothing in 2016 in the Fiesta Bowl. So again, um, Ohio State and Clemson is going to you know, they're going to rematch, okay, at the Fiesta Bowl, okay, and Ohio State's looking for revenge, but I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't know. I don't. I have no idea if that's going to happen. I just think that Clemson, you know, has. Um, Tunnel vision right now. They, I think they remember that, Bob. They remember people coming down on them. They remember people talking greasy about them. You know what I'm saying? So I think that that's going to that's gonna influence 
you know, what they do and, and, and their practices. And, and, and Dabo Sweeney's not going to let them forget that. And I think they're going to be on fire against Ohio State. No disrespect to them, but I just think they're going to tear Ohio State out the frame. All right, this is After Further Review 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. You got the mayor in the building. Shout out to my man Garrett Cole, number 45 for the New York Yankees. You already know what it is. All right. Um, we're going to switch gears a little bit, man, go to the NBA. All right. Some, and some scores for my NBA people. I forgot some scores for the hockey people. I got y'all covered, though. Don't worry about it. I got you. We'll go back to that real quick. Um, in Cleveland, right now, the Houston Rockets lead the Cavaliers 114 to 108. In Toronto, the uh, Los Angeles Clippers lead the Raptors 95 75. All right. Fourth quarter in Orlando, the Lakers lead the Magic 88 81. Fourth quarter in Indiana, the Pacers lead the Celtics 111-109. Third period in Brooklyn, 82-72. The Nets over the Charlotte Hornets in the third period. Halftime in Minnesota, tied up between the Timberwolves and the Jazz. Halftime in Chicago, the Bulls lead the Atlanta Hawks 62 First period in Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns um, lead early over Memphis 8 to nothing. Later on tonight, you got the Milwaukee Bucks hosting the New Orleans Pelicans against the Golden State Warriors. Um, what do you say right now, man? You know, is that the? I'm not going to spend a lot of time on 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 that. Just want to talk about it a little bit because I really want to get into the NFL. Um, but yeah, man, right now, you know, real quick, the MVP right now, to me, in my, in my opinion, is Giannis. Giannis entered to Kumpupo. I know I messed his name up, but it's all good. Uh, um, I mean, Luka Doncic is averaging, you know, almost averaging a 30-point triple-double. Okay. James Harden is, is, is scoring almost 40 points. I mean, when you talk about the most valuable, okay, Giannis is running away with it, okay? Only Wilt Chamberlain and Elgin Baylor, okay, they've averaged only 30 points. The defense that Giannis plays, which separates him, okay, as far as overall impact, all right? I mean, they're going to be without Giannis on both ends of the floor. But with him, they're the best team in the It's that simple. All right? And then let me throw an honorable mention in there. Pascal Siakam, the Toronto Raptors. I'll throw an honorable mention. All right? Yeah. John Moran, Memphis Grizzlies. All right? Uh, even though he's on the injured list with a back injury, um, He's done his statuses, shooting 41% from three. But I think that um, his speed and athletic ability, what we watched him do in college, he's doing the same thing. His game translates. This game translates in the NBA, putting a lot of pressure on the defense. He attacks the rim. You know what I mean? Um, and he also has Memphis excited. They, they got it popping down there with the Memphis Grizzlies, and then you got Penny Hardaway with the Memphis Tigers. So it's, it's, it's popping. And Zion Williamson has not touched the court yet. So John Morant is, is, is doing his thing, and he's running away with it at the quarter pole of the NBA season. All right? 
Um, you also can mention Eric Hassar from the Warriors, Kendrick Nunn from Miami, Tyler Hero from Miami, and uh, the kid P.J. Washington. Shout out to the homie P.J. Washington from this uh, Charlotte Hornet. Um, defensive player of the year, Giannis. Okay? Um, it's hard to really kind of fathom that a player, you know, who I just gave you his offensive numbers could also be considered the best defensive player in the league. All right? Um, we've seen this before. When Michael Jordan back in 88, Hakeem Olajuwon in 94, they both won the MVP and defensive player of the year in the same season. All right? And Giannis is on his, Giannis is on his way to joining them. Okay? When he's on the court, the Bucks allows 97 points a game. When he's off the court, they average, they give up 105 points. He can guard any position, okay, and as a primary defender, you're not going to get nothing off on him. So Giannis is, is clearly the defensive player of the year so far. With a shout-out to Anthony Davis from the Lakers, Joel Embiid and Sixers, Marcus Gasol from Toronto, and Bam Adebayo from the Miami Heat. All right? I didn't forget about your Miami Heat, wacko. Um, six man of the year. You know, usually it's Lou Williams. You know, that you, you could put his name on a trophy. But right now, it's his teammate, Montrez Harrell. Okay? Um, he does his thing, man. You know, um, you know, even though Sweet Lou has put up his, you know, bench production, he's doing his numbers. But um, after, you know, a uh, quarter of the season so far, Harrell has just kind of like outplayed him a little bit. All right. I think that um, you know, uh, you know, Lou Williams he does his numbers, but Marshall Harold is effectively making you pay attention to what he does. All right. Um, runners up: Goran Dragic from Miami Heat, Bogdan Bogdanovich from Sacramento, Derek Rose from Detroit Pistons, and Davis Bertrand. Um, most improved player. That's that's kind of a hard one. Yeah, that that that's kind of a hard one. But you know what? If you ask me right now, um, Pascal Siakam, even though he, you know, he was the most approved player last year. You know what I mean? But I think that if you want to name somebody else, look at Fred Van Fleet from the Toronto Raptors. All right? Um, you know, you saw him do work in the finals last year and, and, and mainly in the playoffs. You saw him do, do work. All right? He's had an added offensive responsibility. Okay, because Kawhi Leonard is no longer there, and Kyle Lowry is hurt. So, Van Fleet has been the primary scorer and playmaker, okay, on, on, on Toronto, and Toronto's a very, very solid team, all right? Van Fleet's increased the scoring average by over seven points. He's almost doubled his assists, okay, shooting 40% from three, you know, on seven assists per game. So, he's very, very effective when he's out there on the floor. Um you know, you might give a shout-out to Pascal Siakam, like I said, Devontae Graham from Charlotte, Van Adebayo from Miami, and Luke Kennard from the um, Detroit Pistons. All right? Um, coach of the year. Nick Nurse, Toronto. You know, most a lot of people, you know, wrote Toronto off. You know, because Kawhi Leonard left, Danny Green left, you know. But um, they've been around the top five in offensive and defensive categories all season long, all right? Um, and that's not easy because they lose a, a player like Kawhi Leonard who added the, that quality on both ends of the floor and replacing him with, you know, role players like Rondé Hollis-Jefferson and Terrence Davis, you know? But I think that um, 
right now, after 20 games, you know, Nick Nurse is the, is the leader in the clubhouse as far as coach of the year. Uh, give a shout-out to Rick Carlisle at Dallas, uh, Frank Vogel at the Lakers, Brad Stevens at Boston, and Eric Stolcher. Got to throw him in there. You know what I mean? Because the Miami Heat are having a pretty good season so far. You know what I mean? All right, so this is after further review, man. 2.0, a.k.a. the Skyline Pass. We are in the building, hard body karate. Make sure you check us out, man. Um, like I said, next week is the last show for 2019. All right, I'm going to really um, make sure that people come in and check check us out and, and rock out with us, man, because, you know, y'all been missing the accent, but it's all good. Shout out to everybody who checked us out um, been, and been rocking with us. We appreciate y'all. So much, man. Um, get at me on Twitter at RMDesk. Um, you can get at me on Facebook after further reviews, the name of the group. And um, rock out with us, man, because we have fun over here, man. We're not really, you know, your everyday me. You can get that other usual sports talk on TV. You know what I mean? We talk about the stuff that they don't talk about. And we give you a chance to participate as well. All right? We're going to take a quick pause for the calls. When we come back, we're going to close the showdown, shut the showdown, ride out. With the NFL, I know Bob has some stuff that he wants to talk about. All right? So this is after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the Sideline Pass. We'll be right back, yo. Let's get it. Canadian Aquatic Auctions is your place for that aquatic enthusiast and your family this holiday season. With Christmas fast approaching, now is the time to look for that great gift for that special someone who lives the aquatic lifestyle. With years of experience, owner-operator Nelson Fletcher can help you achieve your aquatic needs and goals and help you find that special gift for that aquatic enthusiast you love. You can also converse with other aquatic hobbyists and enthusiasts by logging on to www.aquariumauctions.ca. Here at Teen Challenge, I've walked away from that drug lifestyle for good. If you know an adult or teenager who is struggling with a chemical addiction, Teen Challenge is there to help. Please, don't wait. Call us today at 417-862-6969 or reach us on the web at teenchallengeusa.com. Christmas is not far away. Come catch Santa on his sleigh. Time is precious. Seize the day at Ski's Watch and Clock. Ski's been in business for 20 years. He knows his stuff, so have no fears. He knows about all those tiny gears inside every clock. When you come to Ski's Watch and Clock, his variety is huge. From wrist watches, pocket watches, stop watches, desk clocks, mantel clocks, grandfather clocks, new and previously owned reconditioned pieces. Right now, with Christmas so close, we will only accept light repairs till after Christmas. The elves are busy enough as it is filling Santa's sleigh. Don't let the Grinch stop you from filling the stockings or putting things under the tree this year. If you're worried about getting someone a gift, you can put items on layaway with just a small deposit. Thanks to Ski, you can send that stupid Grinch to his bedroom with no dinner or TV and no computer or PlayStation. By now, you must be wondering... Where Ski's Watch and Clock is. It's located in beautiful downtown Winter Haven at 106 West Central Avenue, Florida, just across from the main post office. Call 863-294-5630. Again, that number is 863-294-5630. 
censored selves and when something challenges that we change it together this is our time let's start a revolution Join the revolution at MeWe.com. Memories can last a lifetime, especially when it comes to the holidays, especially when it involves taking pictures. If you live in Southern Oregon or Northern California, there's one place you can count on to make those memories last longer than the holidays. That place is Grateful Heart Photography. Abigail Summers can help you with making your Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, or whatever holiday you celebrate. Call Abigail Photography at 541-951-2443 or message her at her Facebook page by searching Grateful Heart Photography. Much of her work can be found there. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year from all your friends at Grateful Heart Photography. If you're looking for action-packed classic fun, look no further. Carter, it's a machine gun. Look out, Daddy! Up in the sky. Look, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. For the best in old-time radio adventures, you've come to the right place. This is one nostalgic weekend. Saturdays and Sundays, midnight Eastern, 9 p.m. Pacific on Action VR Network. Where do you see yourself 10 years from now? Are you looking for a great education that's also in a great location? Check out College of the Siskiyous. We offer a variety of career and technical education programs, general education, and personal enrichment classes. With our new Reg365 process, you can register for any semester, any time of the year. With on-campus housing, an active campus life, competitive athletics, and expert guidance from our highly trained staff, College of the Siskiyous is waiting for you. Call us today. Shake up the happiness Wake up the happiness Shake up the happiness It's Christmas time There's a story that I was told And I want to tell the world before I get too old And don't remember it So let's December it and reassemble it Oh yeah Once upon a time in a town like this A little girl made a great big wish to fill the world full of happiness and be on Santa's magic list. Shake it up, shake up the happiness. Wake it up, wake up the happiness. 
stuff that, okay, all they got to do is some things need to happen. If Utah could beat Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, Georgia loses in the, in the SEC title game, which I knew they was going to do. Okay, that eliminates Georgia. And then you could slide Utah in there. But right. no, Utah is blown <laughs> out. Yeah. And here comes Oklahoma. So, so, so again, man, it, it, it's really, really crazy. And so I was just talking earlier in the show um, about what my thoughts were for the college football playoff. I think Ohio State and Clemson, uh, Clemson's going to kill Ohio State. Mm. And I think LSU is going to beat Oklahoma. Okay, okay. You know, for the, for, for the, for the simple fact that um, LSU and Oklahoma, Oklahoma's defense can't stop anybody. If Oklahoma right. had any type of defense, they would, they would be undefeated three years winning. Right. They would be undefeated three years winning if they had any type of defense. They score 40 points and they give up 39. That's crazy. Like, what is that? You know what I mean? So, you know, and, and then somebody's trying to beat me in the head about Baylor. I'm like, come on, man, knock it off. Baylor? Baylor's just lost twice over home this year. Baylor, Baylor, this year's Baylor is last year's Georgia. Because remember, Georgia lost twice to Alabama last year. Right, right. That's true. That's so, you know what I mean? So don't tell me nothing about Georgia. Don't tell I, I can't stand Georgia. Georgia always makes, oh, Georgia always makes me look right. Because I don't mess with Georgia, period. Shout out to Jake Fromm. Shout out to DeAndre Swift. Shout out to all those dudes. But I don't mess with Georgia, man. I just don't trust them. They don't, you know, they don't do nothing for me. You know, SEC be damned. They don't do nothing for me. You know what I mean? But, yeah, man, I think that the um, championship game is going to be um, LSU and Clemson. I can see. And we were talking earlier. Yeah, yeah, me and Bob were talking earlier about how Clemson, you know, a lot of people, you know, need to put some more respect on Clemson's name. Right. You know, because they remember earlier early in the season, they had went to um, North Carolina, and Mac Brown had them on their toes. Uh, North Carolina went for two. Remember, at the end of the game, they went for two. And if they would have made it, they would have beat Clemson. But Clemson, shut, Clemson stopped them. So Clemson got away with a victory. And people went crazy. They was like, yo, they was acting like Clemson lost by 20 points. Uh-huh. And, and, and I, was, I was talking to one of my homies. I was, I was telling him, I said, look, look, if you're, uh, as a champion, you got to go through something to get through something. That builds, that's, what, that's what builds champions. Definitely. You can't win every game 55 to nothing. You can't. Right. You know what I mean? So, 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 you know, I think that they were really disrespecting Clemson, and I think Dabo Sweeney is going to remind them of that every chance he gets. So when they see Ohio State, they're going to beat the brakes off Ohio State. Justin Fields is coming off the injury. Ohio State hasn't been right. You know, they, they, you know, they, haven't, they didn't play a, 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 a complete game against Penn State. They didn't play a complete game against Michigan. You know what I mean? And they really did play a complete game against Wisconsin. So you think Clemson is going to sit back after what they went through this year and see Ohio State coming and kind of fall back and relax? Nah. Nah. And, it's not, and, and, and Dabble Sweeney is like, it's not our fault that Alabama's not here. Because remember, uh, Mr. LJ, everybody was, everybody's, and myself included, swore up and down it was going to be Clemson, Clemson and Alabama again. Yeah, everybody thought that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody, everybody thought it was going to be Clemson to Alabama again. So, you know, I think that Clemson is here, Alabama's not. Life goes on. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 so that's that. But um, where we are right now, as far as, um, you know, NFL, here we go again, Mr. LJ. 
Spygate 2.0. Well, well, with the NFL, I got to listen to y'all because I, I haven't watched football in three years, so I, gotta, I just got to listen to what y'all are saying. <laughs> oh, well, you know, you, 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 you haven't missed nothing. The Patriots is up to their old tricks. They, they got another scandal going on. Right. Okay. They're accused of uh, videotaping. Now, get this one now. Are you sitting down? Uh, they're still doing that? <laughs> yes. Listen, listen, listen. This one's going to get you. Are you sitting down? Yeah. The Patriots are accused of spying on the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. <laughs> the wow. Patriots are accused of spying on the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, this would have been a better story if the Bengals would have been accused of spying on the Patriots. Right. But the Patriots, yeah, man. So what happened was, um, I think last week, the Patriots, they sent the video team to Cleveland to film a documentary, allegedly, on an advanced scout who was at the bed. Go ahead, go ahead. I'm laughing, I'm laughing. Good. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, the Patriots sent a video team to Cleveland to film... Uh, to to do a documentary on an advanced scout who was at the Browns and Bengals game. Okay, now remember the Bengals are going to play the Patriots this weekend. Okay, so again, yeah, man. So again, the Patriots sent a third party video contract to the Cleveland for the shoot. Um, you know they they had got their credentials by the Browns, but the Bengals and the NFL were not made aware. Okay, the Patriots didn't let them know. The Browns didn't let them know. And, and again, um, I think that uh, somebody that works for the Bengals saw the Patriots guy, and he had on Boston Bruins gear. Like this is this is turning into an episode of I don't know what the, I, I don't know what to tell you. This is crazy. You know what I mean? So again, um, the cameraman had his camera pointed on the Bengals coaching staff and was watching them for the, the entire third quarter of the game. And it's, it's, it's just bananas, man. After all the stuff from, you know, we talked about it earlier, from the tuck room to the first spy gate to deflate gate and all that. You ain't missed nothing, Mr. LJ. You ain't missed nothing. You went away for three years, came back, and the Patriots were still on some nonsense. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow. It's, it's, it's crazy, man. And I want to see how the NFL is going to deal with this because, again, they get away, the Patriots get away with everything. They get away with everything. They always got some fly excuse for it. But here's the funny part is, you know, I, and I told Bob this earlier, and earlier, I equate this situation right here, follow me, follow me, I equate this situation right here to OJ. All the stuff that OJ was accused of doing, right. he went to jail for stealing his own stuff. Mm. He didn't go to jail for what he was accused of doing. Right. He went to jail for stealing his. <laughs> he went to right. jail for stealing his own stuff. So with everything that went on with the Patriots, from you know the Deflate Gate, Spy Gate, this and that, um, you know the Robert Kraft situation, all of that stuff is going on. The Patriots are about to get jammed up for spying on the worst team in the league. Mm, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> that, that's, what, that's basically all you can say. That's basically all you can say. It's actually ironic. <laughs> that happens. Wow. Yeah. That's the word. Ironic. Absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy. It, it, I mean, you know. Um, People do stuff, and then that's crazy, but then they get caught or for stuff that they don't need to do. 
Right. What do they, I, what, right. Why do they need to spy? Why do they need to spy on the uh, Cincinnati Bengals of all teams here? Come on. <laughs> right. That's the funny part. That's I mean, the funny part. Why did they just? Bob, you said it best. You said it best, Bob. You was like the the, the Bengals should have been spied on the <laughs> Right. Right. I'm surprised. I'm surprised they're not. They're, they're, there's not an investigation going into uh, the uh, Cleveland Browns after that that Thursday night game against the uh, you know against the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Because if you could have seen that exact same thing happen again, you'd have the new Bounty Gate going on, probably. Mm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, a lot. It's a lot going on, man. That with that Marquise Pouncey and. And, and 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 Mason Rudolph and and that yeah that yeah that was crazy that that was that was really really bad but um again at the end of the day like I said um I thought the um I thought he would have been better off if you just punched him in his face you know what I mean well when you hit him with the helmet that you that you assaulting him with a deadly weapon now what if you'd have bust that man what if you'd have bust that man's head open hit him with the helmet they'd have arrested him right there in the field. He would have been better. I said, and I said that. I said he would have been better off just snuffing him, just punching him in his mouth, bombing. Him. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody, nobody mentioned the fact that Mason Rudolph tried to take Miles Garrett helmet off first. That's what happened when they were on the ground. Mason Rudolph was trying to take Miles Garrett helmet off. He couldn't take it off. Miles Garrett took his helmet off. Okay, I'm not even going to mention the part about Mason Rudolph. You know, tried to kick you know Miles Garrett in, in the groin. You know, and and and, and all, all type of other stuff. Miles Garrett was being led. He was backing away. He had two Pittsburgh Steelers offensive linemen in between him and Mason Rudolph. Mason Rudolph got up and came charging at at, at Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett swung the helmet and hit Mason Rudolph in the head with it. Bang! Uh. And all hell broke loose. Wow! You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, and, and again, at the end of the day, man, it's, it's, it's just, you know, you ain't missed nothing. The NFL is the NFL. You ain't missed nothing, man. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, man, um, I think that, you know, the first Spygate, remember that back in 2007? Um, yeah. The Patriots were, you know, uh, uh, you know, caught walk, you know, videotaping the walkthroughs um, of, of, of the, you know, of the, uh, I think it was the Jets that they were playing. And it's just a whole bunch of stuff going on with the New England Patriots, man. From you know, from the Tuck Room back in what was that, two thousand and what was that, two thousand one, two thousand two, to now, it's still it's still going on with some drama going on with them. It's it's, it's just really crazy, man. It's really really crazy. That's, that's I, crazy. I, I just don't yeah, it is. It is, man. It is. Um, what else are we going to talk about as far as the NFL is concerned? Bob, you got anything you want to touch on as far as the NFL? I got some things I want to. I want to get into before we get out of here. Well, I do want to say this here is, you know, I mean, the Patriots, I mean, you know, they got screwed. They got screwed this uh, this past week with what happened, with what happened on the field with a fumble that would have been returned for a touchdown and a touchdown that was actually made. You know, I mean, you know, referees couldn't see it, so they couldn't do it. But I, you know, if, yeah, if they, they could have easily ruled it a touchdown and reversed it if it wasn't a touchdown because it would have had to be a touchdown for it to instantly go to instant replay officials. And they would have been better off doing that. But you really, you really, really screwed the Patriots there. And But the sad part is, it took away from my Miami Dolphins and what happened to them with a bad, with a bad penalty call 
that ultimately cost them the game, and Brian Flores went nuts. And all you've seen the NFL do is try not to talk, have that talked about. They even went as far as when you watch the recaps on Facebook and whatnot, you know, to not show the penalty, and they did their best not to show Brian Flores yelling at the coach after the game ended with that wow. field goal yeah, that cost them the game. That's crazy. I can't that's believe crazy. they swept that um, under the rug. No. I can't believe it. It's the, it's the NFL. It's the NFL. Nothing surprises me about what Roger and them do anymore, man. I'm not surprised about nothing. Um, my hockey people, hold up real quick. My hockey people, I got y'all. Montreal leads out of a 2-1 third period in Montreal. Um, the Washington Capitals over the Boston Brewers 3-2, and they just dropped the puck in Colorado. No score between the Avalanche and the Philadelphia Flyers. But, yeah, man, I'm not surprised at nothing that the NFL does, man. I'm not surprised at all, man. And, and, and you know what? We're, I've been watching football since I was a little kid, man. So it's in me. I, and, 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 again, I would be kind of, like, lost without watching, without watching football. You know what I'm saying? So, again, I, you know, now that I want to turn away from it, I can't. I don't, I don't have the wherewithal. Like, new Mr. LJ, you know what I'm saying? You know what? I'm going to take three years off, and I'm not watching this. You know what I'm saying? But I, I got to do it. But uh, as far as the NFL is concerned, man, I think that um, my bucket is, you know, we won three in a row. Woo-ha. You know what I'm saying? And uh, I, I'm not really, you know, um, a, a big, you know, Jameis Winston supporter at this point in the game. And I know it might be sad to say at this point because uh, Bob will tell you, I was the biggest Jameis Winston dude. I told and Mariota is going two. James Winston went at number one to Tampa Bay, and Mariota went two. And now both of them don't have that. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and Winston is about to be out of his job. I, I, I'm done with him. I can't mess with James Winston. But four years, five years, I can't, I can't mess with him. I can't mess with him. The turn the interceptions, the, the, and he's still the same Jameis Winston that we've been watching. Even after everybody was beating me in the head about, oh, Bruce Arians, the new coach for Tampa Bay, he's going to, you know, he knows Jameis Winston from when Jameis Winston was young, and he's going to work with him. He's going to turn him around, knock it off, man. He's still throwing wild. He threw four interceptions. One of them wasn't his fault. I give it, one of them, I give him the benefit of the doubt. But the other three? Oh, man, come on, bro. Come on, bro. What we doing? What we doing, man? Knock it off. Nah. Nah. I'm not. Nah, I can't mess with Jameis Winston, man. And, again, I think he's the reason why the Buccaneers are kind of like, you know, spinning their wheels. I mean, defensively, we still stink. So, it's not really all his fault. But I think that we would be better if we had a, a – we went in a different direction at quarterback. Now, who that is? Ah. Somebody said Cam Newton. Somebody threw another name out there. I just need somebody that's going to be consistent and that's going to be a winner and is not going to turn the ball over every you know, chance that they get. Um, and, and that's basically that. So, again, man, nothing's changed in the NFL. You still got the Patriots cheating. Still got the Buccaneers being garbage. The Rams fell off. The Cowboys are 6-7 and seven in first place. You know, Mike Tomlin is going to win coach of the year. So, I mean, it's, it's yeah, man. Yeah, the Steelers, the Steelers, are, the Steelers are doing their thing. 
yesterday in the group. So I was talking about that. Uh-huh. About why he tittle. I'm like, that's before my time. I can't even, I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> why he <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, so, so, hey, hey, so you know what that says to me? Somebody been doing their Googling. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know I, didn't what even mean? Think, I, I didn't even think about <laughs> right, right. Like, well, like, yo, like I said, you know, Jim Brown. I mean, when you talk about, you know, um, um, like going back in the days and digging in the crates and stuff, we're going to talk about, you know, Roger Starbuck, Terry Bradshaw. You want to go a little bit deeper? Right. You might talk about Lenny Dawson. And, 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 and I, I remember, I remember Terry Bradshaw when I was a kid because what happened was there was a black quarterback, um, Terry Gill, who was. Who was yeah, Jersey Dogill. Yeah, Jersey Dogill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost it, and then and that same team had uh, another Terry from Notre Dame. But uh, so Terry, uh, Terry, and Terry, Terry Henry. Terry Henry. Yeah, sir. No doubt, no doubt, man. So, so yeah, man. So again. You know, again, like I said, I, 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 I get wisdom from you. You know what I mean? And, 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 and again, at the end of the day, I, re, I, I respect my cats that came before me. Because all we could do is glean information and knowledge. But see, that's the difference. When you get to today's era, these cats, they don't have that. So when I be going in on them, I just let them know, my dude, it's, 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 it's not, it's got a cakewalk over here. Don't, don't let the smooth taste fool you. Right. For real. For real. Now get at you. But see, at the end of the day, they see how we interact now. I don't treat none at all. I call you Mister. I respect you. You know what I'm saying? But so we don't get that same respect. So we gotta, we gotta demand it, yo. We gotta choke these dudes up, straight like that. You know what I mean? And 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 when they clean on nobody, what it is? You not gonna talk to me like you talk to them, right? Because I got something for you. You know what I'm saying? But again, as Appreciate you. You know what I mean? Because that's what you're here for. You're here to, to, to impart wisdom and knowledge if you the baby. But deep today. That's true. That's true. You know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, that's oh, that's, oh, that's, oh, that's old. That's, that's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yo. All the, the 80s, they want that good. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hold up. Listen, uh, Mr. LJ, man, I still appreciate you, man, for checking in. We're about to get up out of here. Um, yeah. No three-minute oh, rant tonight. I'm going to say, go ahead, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, no, I'm not saying no. Thanks for having me. You know, it's always good. I'm, I'm going to try and call more often as, as the weather gets colder, so I was, I'm glad. I mean, it was fun. It was fun, definitely. Yeah, right. I appreciate it's, you. Uh, next like, week. Next week is the last show for the year, so I, I, I oh, hope that you can call in the second year. Okay. Yeah, next week is the last show for the year. Um, I want to thank everybody, man. Uh, everybody that listened to check out this show, you can check it out on um, worldroomsports.com. Shout out to Devin and all them, the, the homies over there. Shout out to my crew at No Knock Loss Radio, man. Shout out to everybody, man. I appreciate y'all. Shout out to Bob for holding me down. The whole um, unit at Action VR Network. We're about to get up out of here. Dope show, as always, after further review, 2.0, a.k.a. the Skyline Pass. We do this, man. Get at me on Twitter at RMDES. Get at me uh, after further review on Facebook, all right? We're about to get up out of here. Respect, peace all the time, and enjoy the rest of your 2019, man. We'll talk to you all next week, the last show 
for 2019, all right? Yeah. <clears throat> 